Welcome to another episode of the Logical Podcast. Today we have JD Fortune and Daniel Carter from The Spot. They're co-moderators or co-admin of The Spot. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Yeah. Yeah, going good. No complaints. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Today we're going to talk about The Spot a little bit, what that's all about. Um, we have a lot of new students always coming into Logical, and no matter how... Um, you know, well, we think people know the spot from previous years, there's always new people. And I just want to give people a little bit of history, a little bit of insight into behind the scenes on the spot. And as moderators, um, I thought it'd be great to have you come on. Um, and before we get into that, maybe we just talk about a little bit about how you two arrived here at Launch School. You're both in core curriculum at the moment. And how did you um, end up sort of leading this, this, this little thing we got going on? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, do you want to talk about, um, like what brought us to launch school or just from launch school getting into the spot? Yeah, just maybe a little bit about your personal background. Um, you know, set the context for who you are and how you got in launch school and then how you got into the spot. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I, uh, so I originally went to school for animation, um, and got a minor in tech character technical direction. So, uh, so I was kind of working on computers, doing some 3D design before that. Um, when I got out of college, I uh, kind of transitioned between jobs for a while. Um, I'd done a little bit of animation, but it just like didn't ever really click uh, as something that I saw myself doing long term. Um, eventually, fell into uh, working at an engineering company, creating models uh, that we would test in our wind tunnels. Um, uh, something that I I guess originally that attracted me to uh, eventually coming to launch school was uh, looking for a career that was a little bit more mentally stimulating. So kind of previous jobs that I'd had in the past uh, were a lot more kind of labor intensive and putting out fires. Um, but when I was uh, maybe transitioning to launch school, I was kind of looking for something um, that could really engage my focus, attention, and something that I could kind of feel good about the problem solving process. Um, on top of that, you know, something like that would have, uh, maybe a requirement for skills so that like kind of the better I got, the more that I engaged and the more that I developed my skills, the further that I could progress. Um, so I started looking around, uh, originally looking at, uh, boot camps Cause I feel like that's kind of the first, whenever you're transitioning for a job, look at those. Um, and I was looking through, did a lot of research, watched a and lot when, of videos. When was this in terms of uh, like year? This was uh 2021 or the very, the very end of 2021. Oh, okay. Pretty so, recent. So, so we're in 2023 yeah. now, so it's only been a couple years. Yeah. Okay. Um and so uh so yeah, I was uh kind of look watching a lot of uh YouTube videos. I was um listening to people's um different like oh, sorry. Uh what people took away from uh from the boot camps and kind of how they felt about the overall progression of that and what i was getting was that you know it was a very quick like three month like just throwing so much information at you that you could kind of barely take it or like barely like grasp it all and then coming out of there feeling lost and i was like well that's kind of how i felt my whole life and that's not exactly something that i'm looking to get into uh, again, so uh, so I was really starting to look for something that like I could feel competent in the education that I was getting um, and being able to take those skills and rely on them or like being able to lean on them as I was kind of moving through um, this career change. 
And uh, I was really lucky. I like uh, ended up falling on a Reddit post, I think it was, where someone was like, have you heard about Launch School? Uh, and they just, uh, they really talked it up. Um, but that was the first kind of instance that I'd really heard about it. Um, I guess because we try not to promote it as a boot camp, it tends like to not be kind of at the forefront, or at least it wasn't at the point that I was yeah, looking at it's it. It's hard to describe, right? It's just like kind of serious, kind of different. I mean, it's there's not really a pure category for someone, something like a launch school. So yeah. it's, I did want to mention or just comment on what you said about um, having a career where you did not really have mastery. You're kind of always rushing it. What, you know, what we call just in time learning. So you're always doing just in time learning, which is kind of that feeling like you're always behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, sure. And what I notice is usually students who find us who really gravitate towards this mastery based learning idea is like they've already experienced that somewhere else as a musician as you know something another profession but it, it sounds like you you were lacking it it's not like you were coming from that you were lacking that and you didn't you didn't want to do it again yeah yeah so I mean I don't know if that says uh, more about me or if it says it about like kind of the previous education that I had um, but I, I never really felt like kind of confident in the education I was getting. I felt kind of pretty lost even coming out of college, like with my degree, I did pretty well through school, uh, but it was just, you know, we were pushed through courses. They're based on a time time frame. You're in this course for two months and then you're out. Um, and so I never like kind of got that feeling like, oh, I feel like somewhat confident in this. It was always like, I still need to learn more, which I know is going to be a part, like a part of this whole um process of becoming a software developer as well like uh, you're always going to have to be learning so it could be you know a little column a column b of uh just the education system as well as maybe a mental shift that i had to make that i just wasn't at um by that point um but uh but i think also something that attracted me to uh launch school was that you kind of set people up to kind of get into that mindset um where it's like you're you talk about the idea of mastery-based learning, you talk about the idea of just-in-time learning and how you're going to have to make these shifts and uh, kind of a lot of things to expect about like getting into the career of software development. Um, one thing that I've like never prided myself on, um, I'm pretty introverted, uh, but uh, one of the early articles that you read is that you're like, software development is a very social like program or something along those lines where you have to like mm -hmm. get good at talking to people. Um, and that was terrifying for me at first. It was one of those things where I just like had to sit back and I was like, can I actually like do that? Or like, do I just need to like figure it out? Um, but I think like, yeah, ultimately coming to the school and uh, like, going in with that mindset of I'll just have to figure this out as I go, but I can't really hold myself back for not knowing it at the moment um, is something that's maybe inherently just a part of the curriculum, even if it's not intended. That's how I, I personally took it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. So let me um, switch over to Daniel, um, give a quick intro. Cause I feel like we can keep going here for like the whole, whole hour. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Daniel, what, what is your background and how did you, arrived here and ended up talking to us today. Yeah, so my background, I originally went to school in um, studying biochemistry, molecular biology. I graduated with a master's in 2013. Um, I was in the industry doing preclinical pharma and in pharma for about three years. Um, I really liked like the subject matter itself, um, but I don't really like a lot of the limitations of like the jobs where I need to live in Boston or San Diego 
or else you're kind of stuck doing kind of mediocre um, technician jobs in any any other major city even for the most part. Um, so I, I pretty much, let's see, that was about 2015. I jumped over into cannabis actually, and I've been in uh, the cannabis industry since 2015. So it's been about eight years now. Um, it's a lot of fun, a lot of really dynamic problem solving, uh, which is really interesting, kind of like uh, always keeping you on your toes, new things that haven't really been either completely solved or optimized. So it's like a lot of problem solving and optimizing, which was fun for a long time. And then um, I think actually one of the catalysts for me was similar to a lot of people at the time was um, going through kind of the whole social paradigm surrounding COVID and just like reevaluating priorities in life. Like what, what's important? What do I want to do? Is this like a long-term goal of mine? Or like, is this something that I sh should keep putting time into? Because suddenly like looking back, I'm like, I realized how quickly eight years just disappeared and not in a bad way, but just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like you really kind of get in the rhythm of things and um, life keeps going. So I think I spent probably a good six months just kind of sitting with that question and then doing research and my kind of close second choice when I was in school was always computer science um but it just kind of like got edged out for biochemistry at the um, when it came down to it and so I started digging back into it a little bit trying to see what like a transition would look like um, both like traditional, like if I wanted to go back to higher education or not, it didn't really seem like I wanted to, like I already have a degree on paper and getting another one almost doesn't really seem like the juice is worth the squeeze in like a lot of ways. Um, and then kind of similarly, like just started surveying all of like the boot camps or like non, non-degree programs that are out there. And somehow I think it was probably also through reddit i think that that's the the clever marketing of launch school is getting into reddit um i bumped into it and it just kind of spoke to me from the beginning like just mastery based learning in general has served me well in like a lot of ways um having the time to actually be able to learn fundamentals as opposed to just getting stuff like thrown at your brain and seeing what sticks six months down the line um i i have a lot i've had a lot of value in current jobs and stuff, having some fundamentals of like various subjects. And so I was like, ah, this actually makes sense. They actually care what we learn. And um, it's set up that way so that we can actually learn the important things and take as much time as it takes for your life, for your brain, or kind of the combination of both. And I think that was around similarly like 2021 or so by the time I went through the sitting with the question period, surveying the landscape and yeah. Um, yeah, I think COVID caused been... a lot of people to kind of rethink, you know, their their careers, their current situation, and I think we also allow like a easy way into it, you know, with a with with our core curriculum, mm -hmm. with our prep courses, which um, I think are always underrated, um, and um, they are. It, it allows us, you know, people to just check it out, you know, part time, right? Without without making a huge sacrifice initially. And just for the record, by the way, we don't advertise on Reddit. These are all just like random people talking about launch school. I'm on Reddit a lot, just kind of making random comments here mm -hmm. and there. So maybe you caught one of my comments, but um, we we don't we don't um, we tried it one time, and it was so successful, but so weird in that we just got all kinds of 
weird inquiries. <laughs> so, um, and you know, for us, it's like we we need people who are super studious and at least want to be studious at minimum, right? Yeah. But um, I I feel like it's one of those things where like marketing works, but at what cost, <laughs> right? We'll save that for a different uh podcast episode, but um so i wanted to talk about so both of you have really interesting backgrounds and i feel like we need to like maybe schedule a different episode for each of you and especially the cannabis industry that's always kind of interesting um uh but we're here to talk about the spot um so first question for you daniel is you know you're both moderators or admin of the spot again, for the newer students uh, or the newer people listening, what is the spot, you know, and, and what's the goal? Um, and also maybe you can talk about how how you got into it first as a, as a participant and now as an admin. Yeah, so the spot is like a, a community in launch school that's run by students for students to help everyone kind of come together, be able to like learn and develop community and increase their yeah likelihood of success is kind of what I would like the bucket I would put it in. Um, SPOT stands for study, practice, overlearn, and teach. And that's kind of like the motto or like what, yeah, like what, it, what it's kind of all about as a community. And I remember when I was first in, um, in core, actually I didn't find the SPOT very quickly. I think it was actually a couple months um of me kind of poking around the slack and not really knowing like one how to use slack very effectively because i was still trying to find channels and like find what channels actually had activity in them um and it wasn't until i saw the spot channel like cross-referenced by someone else after like a couple months where i was like oh what is this and then like i found it and it was like weird at first because I didn't find like a good introduction and like I didn't know if I could like post in there or not and so there was like a couple weeks where I was like just kind of like creeping in the background and like trying to see what was going on with this channel that had like the slack bot posting but kind of like mid-level activity besides that and um, yeah eventually I started seeing the um, study sessions and I got a lot of value out of them there's like a inherent value for me in one, having to articulate concepts, and then two, doing that in front of people um, really creates an environment for finding gray areas in your knowledge. And you know, um, I'm, I'm always surprised by how many people don't know about the spot. That's number one. Number two, I'm always surprised by how many people don't know about our chat room, aka Slack. Um, because that's like the centerpiece of our community. We said we have a great community. There's a lot of great people around. But I do think you need to have a Slack habit, you know? And I mean a habit. I don't mean log in once, look, and leave, right? you got to download the uh, mo uh, the desktop app and have it be running in the background. And here's a, here's a thing that um, I feel like is worth mentioning. And we might need to mention this in more places, frankly, is that, you know, I've been in, tech forever. And I would say even before tech, I had a, I had a chat habit just from college, right? You had like your AOL, AIM messenger. You guys are probably too young for this, but <laughs> AOL had a messenger system back in the day. Um, and it was just floating in the background, like all throughout college for me. 
right? And even after a little bit. Um, and then when I went to work, we had a company, um, instant messaging software, um, internal, and that was always floating in the background for me. And then when I worked on, started working, there's always chat. There was always a chat software that's floating in the background that serve as team communication. And you were expected to at least monitor that because I've, I've been remote since like 2006. Um, and to, you still need a centerpiece of communication and it's not email, it's a chat room, right? So for launch school, it's the same thing. You need like a, you need like a hab, like a Slack habit of having that software in the background and just periodically monitoring it throughout the day. Not everybody does this, but I do think that if you, if you go to work, it's, it is expected that you do this. Even if it's like in person, it's, it's expected that you do this. You, you need to monitor some sort of chat. Just, just throwing, throwing it out there in case somebody's listening to this and not and doesn't have a Slack habit. I just want to like keep emphasizing that. And the way that you develop a habit, any habit, is that you got to keep keep doing it, right? You can't do it once or twice and just like, ah, oh, this no one's no one said hi to me when I said something and that was it, right? You got to, as you said, Daniel, like monitor it and like observe it and then contribute to it. And eventually you'll have more comfort level, right? It's, um, it, that's, that's, that's the, that's what it takes. You gotta make it, you gotta make it like a part of your like study ritual, like in a sense, it's kind of like, like I always have Slack open in the background, like at work, I have teams open just mm -hmm. to quickly be able to ping people for various things that like a call doesn't make sense. And, uh, it's like, it's similar for me with like launch school. Like there's a handful of students that I feel like I chat with quite a lot just kind of mm -hmm. seeing whether it's like day-to-day -day stuff or like asking them about the curriculum or checking in on like how their studying is going to kind of build some camaraderie but yeah you just pop it up in the background and um it helps keep me on track and then like there's like this whole camaraderie aspect too of like oh you can see some activities so you know other people are studying and um yeah it adds yeah. like a sense of community otherwise like you're just reading and and practicing sure. on your own for sure. Now you don't do it too much, right? It's, it's just like anything. It's like potato chips, you know, don't, don't have too much of it. <laughs> it's uh, we're, we're here to study and all that. Don't, don't ping people, you know, eight hours a day. So, um, no, no. and the spot is a channel in Slack, right? That's like the, the mm -hmm. centerpiece of it, or one of the centerpieces of it. We'll talk about gather town in a bit. Um, but, but how did you sort of, so, so, so you sort of monitor the spot channel, just observe, and then you initially started as a participant. In other words, you attended the, the sessions um, created by leads, mm -hmm. and then you participated as a lead. Yep. Yeah. So I, initially there was a lot of value in me hearing like leads at the time articulate concepts who because I think it especially at first like in the first couple courses like you're trying to like gauge what is like sufficiency in your learning and like how well am I supposed to be able to communicate this and like you're kind of trying to see the community and launch school standard um, and so the sessions really helped me um, being run by leads who are through the courses have like that standard in mind like they already went through the assessment got critiqued either did well did the revisions what the whole nine yards and so they they know the standard for the course you're in um so for me initially it was super valuable for that just kind of seeing that perspective from people a little bit further along 
And then um, similarly, I've like historically found a lot of value in teaching stuff. Um, and the kind of the gold part of teaching, even in this like little tiny microcosm of whether it's like one like small topic uh, is just that as you're preparing to go over something and especially as you're explaining it to people, you really quickly find areas that you can't explain sometimes. And those are the things that you still need to study. Like if I'm explaining some concept and I can't come up with an example, then like, ooh, this is like a yellow flag for like, for sure need to review this more. Um, and that that's like, I guess like the largest value that I've found being a lead. It's like inherently useful for you um, to kind of keep refreshed on the material, but also um, just being able to find those gray spots because they're like kind of blind spots until you're forced to articulate something like in front of other people, then like they really get kind of consolidated into uh, the gray spot that they are. That's, that's so true. That's so true. You know, um, I was a longtime software engineer prior to teaching people. And uh, a lot of times you can make things work because that's the way, you know, you've always done it, but it's not until you've, you're forced to explain it, especially to like very perceptive people. Right. It's like not people who just won't let anything go. It's like, wait a second. Doesn't sound quite right. Can you explain that. You're like, oh, okay. Actually, my mental model was off, actually. Right. What's great about the spot, I think, um, that's in contrast to, let's say, if I was like leading a session, I feel like if I didn't, if I didn't, if I did that, I was like, oh, that's a good point, you know, and I kept getting corrected. I think people might be like, why am I here? Right. But the spot is totally different. It's like peer based. And we say that. Right. And it's an opportunity for people who lead to also learn. Right. And this is in contrast to our TA led sessions and and other um more official sessions that we have. Right. And I think it's just it 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 decreases the severity a little bit across the board and it allows for mistakes. It al and and that's where you learn, right? On both sides, on the people receiving it and the people listening to it. And also I feel like if you're listening to somebody who is not an expert, you might actually be more actively listening. Like, I want to make sure that like this is correct. Right. Let me make sure that that's right. So, um, um, I, I, every time I sort of dropped into one of those sessions, I'm always blown away by the quality. Um, always blown away by, by, um, the people who are leading it. Um, I wanted to take this opportunity to also talk about the history of the spot a little bit. Um, and JD's been around for a little bit, so maybe JD, you can. You can maybe uh, talk about how you found the spot and sure. what led you to kind of take a more of a leadership role and then also give us a little bit of history about it if you can. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll say, I think like Daniel, um, I didn't necessarily know about the spot coming into it. Um, I actually, before I joined the spot, I think I joined the channel for the leads because I was like, oh, leads, maybe this is about like job leads. Uh, and then so I just like joined this random channel, uh, <laughs> just try, trying to join everything. Uh, so, uh, so like, I didn't really understand what it was at first. I definitely think that that is an area like uh, the advertising of it is something um, that we could do a little bit better about that. Um, just to, for new students coming in, it's kind of hard to know where to put your focus on it. Um, but eventually I heard some people talking about the spot, um, probably just in like the general channel or like one of the other like random channels on Slack. Uh, I checked out uh, 
the gather space, uh, I think when I was in 100. So like when I was in the prep course before I even uh, joined the core, um, just because some like someone was having a meetup, um, actually uh, Ben uh, Peralt, who, uh, who we just had as a, one of our Q&A people. Um, but he was just like, hey, guys, we're going to be hanging out in this space. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, I'm just in the prep course, but do you mind if I join? Um, and uh, and that was like really cool. So we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. But uh, but I, I knew about that before I even knew about the spot. Um, but eventually I found the spot and it was kind of kind of the same way with Daniel. I, uh, I was creeping on it for a little bit and then eventually it was just like, oh, I should probably participate in this. Um, I think I really started towards the end of uh, what was the deprecated 101 uh, course. So because I felt like there was this need to, oh, I need to probably know my stuff before I attend the session, which uh, which I hear is like a lot a lot of the time for students who don't attend the sessions is because they think, oh, I should probably have like a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Um, and I really don't think that's the case. Like, I think as early as you can get into the course, the better, uh, just having that um, kind of first introduction into the material. Um, but, uh, but so I joined uh, when I was in 101, uh, started attending sessions and then just instantly found that um, both a great place to come and just get more time in on the material, a great way to meet new students, um, and kind of supplementary to the TA sessions uh, that are already held for the 101 course. Um, so I, uh, I think it was 101 when I uh, when I was brought on as a lead um, and uh, started lead, or no, it, was, it wouldn't have been 101, it would have been 120 uh, when I was brought on as a lead. So I, I got brought in pretty early um, and found that just like the aspect of coming in, teaching sessions uh, really helped to um, both build my confidence in the material, but then also like rethink about some of the areas um, that I maybe took for granted, like, oh, I'm sure I know this. And then when you try to explain it, um, you find your gray areas, like Daniel said. Um, I've, in fact, I've definitely had courses where I've just said something or sessions where I've said something and it's just like blatantly wrong and doesn't even work in code. And I'm like, all right, well, just so you know, I'm not a TA, I'm a student. So we're going to figure this out later. And then you have to like, you're actually, oh, okay, I don't know this. I need to like, like, maybe it's just like, I think uh, mine was on lexical scope and it was just like, oh, there's this like area that like has never come up and it's something that I don't know. Um so I, so I just need to look into it further. Um, so I think that's like one of the benefits of the spot is just being able to come in, uh, find your gray areas, um, give back to the community was a huge one, um, but really just like kind of model that uh, study, practice, overlearn, teach, um, which are kind of really the steps for uh, for what like the spot is supposed to present. Um, so to yeah. talk about the history of the spot, um, before, before we go into history, I just want to make one point about what you said about making a mistake while you're teaching. It reminds me of that saying where um, writers will say, I write not because I have something to say. I write to figure out what I have to say, right? And I think sometimes that's the case here too, especially when you're not charging like 20 bucks per course. If you're charging money, then all of a sudden I want a refund, right? <laughs> sure. But, yeah. but if you're, if you're um, afraid, it's almost like, afraid to teach. It's almost like you, you go to figure out where you're deficient and where you need to improve. And again, take it as a peer learning opportunity that we're going to learn together. We're going to figure this out together. We're going to reach clarity together rather than like, I have all the knowledge, you know, uh, and, and listen to me. Right. So that's, that's a, that's a change in how, like why you do it. You don't write sure. because you have a lot to say. You write to figure out what you want to say. Same thing here. So 
Yeah. So go, go on, go, go forward with the history. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will say that probably like joining the spot as a lead is almost done for selfish reasons. Cause you're doing it to like help yourself as much as you are help the community. Um, all right. So as far as like where the spot came from, um, and it started out, I guess, pretty like humble beginnings, I guess is what we could say about it. Uh, it was just a study group between friends. Uh, so, uh, so a few friends got together uh, just for study sessions. As one would progress through the course, they were able to kind of like mentor, like model the sessions um, that were being led. And uh, as it was kind of being developed, they found out that more students were kind of in the same position where they were looking for study groups to get together that were maybe a little bit more structured, where they could just come in, have somebody as maybe like a semi-authoritative figure uh, be able to reside over and structure the meeting or hold the meeting for them to come and attend. Um, so the spot channel developed from that um, where uh, where yeah, we started to get these structured sessions together. Um, stu leads who had passed a previous course were able to then hold sessions for that course uh, for the courses that they had passed all the assessments for. Um, and then uh, just over time, it's developed more from there. We uh, we eventually moved into like adding spot shoutouts. We added this thing uh, gather. Um, which is the new virtual space uh, that launch schools um, taken over and started implementing for the whole school. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think it just started from noticing a want for for a structured study session, um, for, like similar to the TA sessions, although we are not TAs. Again, I want to reiterate that. Um, but uh, but just kind of keep that momentum going where you're benefited from attending a session, interacting more in the community and really kind of giving back and interacting within the culture of Launch School. Yeah, I just looked this up, too. Um, it looks like I did an introductory podcast with Lena, Rodney, and Christian, who are the oh, original yeah. uh, founders of the spot back in October 2020. So three years ago, over three years ago. And um, so it's been so they started, you know, before then. Um, and and so it's it's been going strong ever since. Um, and so there's a need for this. And I, I get this pushback sometimes. And I, I just want to address it here. This is not a trick to get students to teach students. <laughs> like that's not what, this is not the goal, right? Like that's not what we're doing. Um, this is to lower the the consequence, right? The, the it gives people an opportunity to speak their words and speak what they know, speak their mental model to others without anybody judging anybody, right? That's all it is. Um, it's opportunity to do that before you get into the assessment. Um, I also think that if you think about what we're doing here at launch school, and I think this is, should be the goal of any training program, but it's not always about like education is so weird. It's just not about white glove service. Does that make sense? It's not about like making sure every concern is addressed for you as a student. I come here and I do that and we do that for years and years and you come out the other end and, and then what? And then like, what do employers want? They don't want somebody whose every, you know, issue was addressed, right? They want somebody who was standing on their own. That's what we're doing here. Ultimately, that's yeah. what we're trying to do. It's like, you need to stand on your own. How? Right? It's like parenting. You don't want to be too protective because then they can't survive in the world. But you don't want to be too aggressive because they'll be, uh, you know, not not successful for the other reason, for the opposite reason, right? So it's the same thing here. We don't want to 
tear people down too much. But if we support white glove service too much, you're not ready for the world. You're not ready for a job. You're not going to make get that six figure job because it's been handed to you, right? So the meta skill that we're actually trying to establish here at Launch School, the meta skill, and I think the most important skill, right, is how do you stand on your own? How do you teach others, right? How yeah. do you explain your mental model of the world? How do you explain how you understand things to other software engineers? That's the work. That's the work. And this is the opportunity to do that. Um, sorry to interrupt there. No, not Eddie. at all. Um, yeah, no, I really like that. Um, I definitely think that when I was joining, um, or really, I guess, like, it's kind of subtle, but the whole, like, experience with launch school has been a practice in stepping out of your comfort zone and, like, sometimes getting into areas where you have to figure it out for yourself. Um, so that's, like, certainly was a motivation for teaching um, or leading sessions as well. Yeah, so um, we we mentioned... Uh, gather town do we want to do are we are we able to talk about that or are we able to screen share a little bit since we have video here yeah. um yeah for sure this will be really interesting for the people just listening um <laughs> i'll do a play-by-play -play. it right. looks like a purple <laughs> square <laughs> well i'll just set it up for people who are listening it's it's like a 2d video game not 3d 2d video game right like like mario brothers or like legend of zelda back in the day um, yeah, I would say like, yeah, like Pokemon, like old Game Boy color. I've never played Pokemon. So, um, oh. <laughs> but it's like, you're on my age here. Just, just, you know, Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda 2D map, top down view. And you're like a little character running around and there's rooms set up. And what's really cool is that the, the spot folks, and I want to credit Marcos here, who, who, who sort of pioneered this on his own before uh, we sort of officially took it over is look at that it's awesome is that there's all these yeah. little rooms and when you walk up to like a little room to like a little desk you walk up to the desk and all of a sudden it can um open up a code editor and you can collaborate and if you are here if someone's here sitting at a desk that means they want to collaborate otherwise they wouldn't hang out here and this is a great way to quote unquote run into people one of the downsides of an online program is that we don't have a way of running into people right this is a great way of running into people, running into people who are studying for a certain assessment or a certain class. And you just go to that space. You're just like walking around, walk to the, you know, JavaScript 101 room and whoever's there is ready to collaborate. So, um, so yeah, I'll let you take it, take it, take it away, JD. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, you explained it perfectly. Um, yeah, this is a, a place that we uh, really wanted to uh, create this virtual space to enhance the community interaction. Um, and so you join in, you can uh, kind of change aspects of your character, change uh, the way they look, change the clothing and different accessories. So I'm very, I don't know, retro techno there. Uh, but uh, but just make it fun, like change your character. And then anybody in the space um, is coming here accessing coder pads uh, with the intention of studying, but uh, but if they're in the space, um, just feel free to walk up to them, say hi. Um, there's multiple times where I'll jump into a space, I'll see people that I either have regular study sessions with, or just people that I've had other like spot sessions or something. I've seen them through the course, um, and just being able to walk up and have that spontaneous interaction um, really does add to the sense of community. Um, like I said, my first introduction to the spot was technically through joining Gather when I was in 100, um, and it 
it was purely a meetup. Uh, like I just saw a post on the general Slack and they were like, Hey guys, we're going to hang out in the gather, uh, talk, maybe split up into section, uh, into courses and then go over like hold study sessions that way. Um, and that, yeah, that type of interaction is something that I had never seen, like in any other type of online schooling that I'd done before. Um, so I, I think I was just really attracted to that idea of it's almost like going to a physical space and just like mm -hmm. being in that culture of just like everyone's here to study to learn um, rather than kind of being on online and you don't really see the other people behind the screen. Um, and, you know, so we have aspects of video, like video communication. So like kind of we're on Zoom right now, like you can walk up to people, uh, the cameras turn on, you can hear audio. So you can actually like have a proximity effect. And I'm a, I've got my video and audio turned off right now just so that it doesn't interfere with uh with the zoom but uh but let's say i i'll just interact this space right now i can walk here and uh and as soon as i walk into a space next to somebody else uh their camera will come on um and i can just start a conversation with them see what they're uh going see what uh course they're studying for and kind of what they're doing and uh and if it's something that you know i think could benefit me see if i can just like either hang out in the background or maybe participate in. Yeah. And I think, again, this is, you're sometimes afraid to bother people. You're like, oh no. But if they're here, they're almost saying like, I'm, I'm ready to collaborate with others. Right. For, otherwise there's no reason to be here. And, um, and yeah, and I think the proximity thing is really cool. They did a really good job with this, which is like, as you walk away from someone, that meeting disappears it's, instead of like sitting zoom links all over the place. When you walk into a room or near someone, you pop into their meeting automatically. And the funny thing is if you go yeah. down, JD, if you go down yeah. to um, near the entrance and closer towards um, the women's group room, we have a room for the women's group. And this is just, you know, completely serendipitous, right? Not planned for this podcast nope. or anything, but you see like Hello. Amy <laughs> and Wendy there. Oh, you went all the way in. But yeah, if you see Amy and uh, Wendy there, they're probably planning something for the women's group, right? They're, they're, um, they're moderators or admins. Uh, of the women's group and so they're having a conversation there um probably about it it's, it's just kind of cool to see that right like if you if they didn't do this in gather town we wouldn't see it and it's not a big deal if we don't see it but it's it's always nice to see activity and things happening and perhaps again allow for that serendipitous collision serendipitous like hallway collision hallway collaboration right not planned right yeah but just uh, allow for serendipity, which is kind of a cool, cool feature to have. Yeah. And it can be planned too, but, uh, but yeah, I think that like really the coolest feature is just being able to, uh, like I know Amy pretty well. Um, I, if I were like just visiting launch school or uh, gather on my own right now, and we weren't in the process of recording this, I could just pop in and say, Hey, um, and that's like really cool to just be able to like come to this space. Um, definitely, definitely enhances the interaction. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And we see some people here studying at certain booths, Nate and Derek, and, you know, probably just hop on in and join them if you, if you, uh, uh, if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. And again, shout out to Marcos for initially kind of building out this. We will work on building out more features and more activities over time. I think there was at one point, we didn't have some games where you can play some games, um, together. Um, yeah. but, uh, 
I was thinking having like a chess set there or something, <laughs> you know, that way someone wants to play chess. I think Scribble IO was like one of the funnest ones or like one of the ones that was uh, in a few spaces. It was like a uh, Pictionary essentially, but, uh, Pictionary, but yeah, we used, we used yeah. to have games there. We need to add that back actually. Oh, we need to add that back. Yeah. I think games will be, uh, that, that'll probably attract more usage than uh, let's go together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, but yeah, it's such a great, and, and, Again, Spot was the initial pioneers of Gather Town. Now it's, you know, not only for use by the Spot sessions. Um, I think even some of our TA sessions are being held in there. We want to create rooms for certain TA sessions and maybe Spot sessions in the future as well. So a lot of exploration and investment still going on to uh, Gather Town. And um, as people use it more, you know, send us requirements, send us like, Use use cases. Um, happy to explore what we should do with it, but I I I, I like it a lot, um, and I always try to hold events in there whenever I can. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was how do you become a lead? So we talked about the value of you know leading sessions, teaching others. What's the process in which by which you select leads? um and and that experience for sure um so i'll uh, i'll also take this one but feel free to jump in daniel um so our process for uh reaching out to leads uh bringing on leads is fairly casual um we kind of we have the criteria that in order to uh pass or in order to lead a previous session you'll you have to have passed all the assessments for for that uh, course's session um and it's nice. Uh, it's nice if you've done like well in the course, but uh, but really, I think that it can kind of benefit anybody. Like if you've passed a course, um, the yeah, the ability to go back and teach a course is so helpful for re-ingraining material and learning it to an even better extent. That I think really that it can apply to anybody. Um, so the process of bringing on leads, uh, we have we can be recommended and we'll reach out to leads sometimes um, if there's someone who attends a bunch of spot sessions um, and another lead sees that they're uh, they like recommend them um, say that they might make a good lead then we can reach out to them um, a lot of times we get reached out to um, where a lead will just say hey i've attended a lot of spot sessions i just passed 120 130 whatever it was um, and i'd like to start leading what is the process um, so if you're interested in leading a set or if, if interested in starting to lead sessions um, just reach out to either me or daniel um, to get onboarded we can set up a time to meet with you just talk about the different criteria um, since we run adjacent to launch school we uh, we certainly have like standards where you need to follow the code of conduct and things like that um, but as far as uh, becoming a lead like it's an entirely voluntary position um, so we appreciate anybody that's willing to contribute and we think that it does uh it enhances both the students who are attending the sessions as well as the lead leading the sessions for the reasons that we've taught previously um so it's just mutually beneficial kind of a win-win um so if you're somebody who just wants more to interact more with the previous courses and actually have a reason to go back uh to previous courses once you've already passed them um reach out to us and we'll get you onboarded um and you can start hosting sessions immediately from that point um i think there is maybe a uh, not really a misunderstanding, but uh, but people tend to think like, oh, so, uh, lead is leading a session for this course this week, so that course is covered. Uh, lead as many courses as you want. Um, I know when I was first joining the spot session or the spot as a whole, um, we would have like two sessions for 101 a week, maybe three, and I'd attend all of them. Um, what I find is that the more like if you hold more sessions, more like people will continue to show up. 
Yeah, that's really good. I don't know if Daniel has anything to add to that. It's, I mean, that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I, I guess similarly, like I would also reiterate the multiple sessions a week has helped me out, whether I was um, reviewing certain courses or preparing. And I, I feel like that's completely accurate. Like if you, just because there's some coverage doesn't mean that people don't want more exposure and more opportunity to help kind of articulate their concepts before an assessment. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. You can meet people and everyone gets more practice but that was super comprehensive jd i think you covered it gotcha okay yeah um and what's the what's the future for the spot it's going pretty well it's going for a long time now you know over three years um what do you what do you want to see where do you want to see it grow as moderators um obviously we got gather town a lot of stuff happening there but what what else is in the future oh yeah, i think you'll take this one first yeah I can jump into this one a little bit. Um, I think, let's see, a couple, I think a couple areas that I would like to see this spot grow. Like one, we have like these great sessions. I think that the social collisions that occur because of the spot um, are super valuable. So if we can expand on those in any way that we can, whether that's by like making the um, study sessions easier to attend or um, more beneficial and kind of get the get the rate of use higher in those and get like similarly getting more people in to gather I think that's like a really a really useful tool that the spot um, can kind of help cultivate um, in addition to that I think that there's like kind of a handful of resources that the spot has kind of helped cultivate for some of the earlier courses. And um, I know that like there are someone approved and Chris, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've, we've gotten okays on some like a couple of blog posts that had additional study problems that were cross-linked in the spot. Um, a lot of those are only in, in Ruby. And I would like to see that kind of expanded a little bit. I feel like the JavaScript track isn't quite is covered in like a lot of ways and like mind you this isn't not not in the not in the context of the curriculum in the context of there's been more students who've gone through the ruby track and so there's more blog posts and a couple things that have been tied back into the spot um, that are still useful and i'd like to see that expanded a little bit potentially through some either additional blog posts or porting over of some of these questions i think it especially in the first couple of courses for me, at least, the more material, the better. Um, just having kind of more things to look at, a little bit more things to kind of wrap my head around. Um, yeah, that, I think that's, that's probably kind of... more the best marketing for the spot there. One is uh, playing games together on Gather Town. Two is more exercises that's not available anywhere else. Um, I think maybe the pitch of like you should teach others is not as strong as uh, <laughs> we have some <laughs> secret exercises. Um, and just to comment on that a little bit. Um, so I have seen those exercises and we've okayed it. Um, and there's like a little wiki even where people can contribute other exercises. Now we don't want people to cross the line. This has happened before where people contributed, um, assessment questions. You're going to be expelled for that. Right. So don't do that. Don't cross the line. But if you're going to be helpful to each other, um, in, in, in terms of like encountering exercises in the wild that you thought was useful, I think that's okay. Um, 
And I don't mind it. I, the reason why I don't mind it is because um, people are different. You know, people are very different. We get all kinds of feedback, as you can imagine. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. We In some of the exercises, we have further exploration. Have you noticed that? The further uh, exploration? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we don't really provide um, solutions or code reviews because they're further exploration, right? And so sometimes people will write an email and be like, hey, how come these don't have solutions? They're part of the curriculum. You have to realize how they came about, right? So we have students of all backgrounds and abilities, and no matter what we put in front of people, there's always some small subset that's like, we should push it further to this and that, right? Or here, we, we I did, I look what I did, I did this and that. And so as a, as sort of like a nod to, to, to those folks, we, we put further exploration. And if you say, well, you have to then provide code reviews and you have to provide solutions, you have to support all of them, then I'm like, I'm gonna take it away. But if I take it away, the cycle just repeats in that more advanced students will just kind of make these suggestions again, right? For these exercises. So I kind of feel like um, the spot having these exercises is a similar thing where we have a core, we have our core curriculum right? Our exercise assignments and all that, that that's been good for most people, but there's always people who want more. And I think having that as an optional more is, it's not a bad thing and it's okay. And, and that way, like our staff is not on the hook to like code review it. And, and, you know, we don't have to um, double and triple check every exercise. It's more, again, it, it, it decreases the severity across the board, right? It, de it allows for mistakes. Whereas Again, in the core, like you don't want a logical exercise to have any mistake or any, you know, you want it to be pushing the right buttons and to be uh, emphasizing the correct things versus some other exercises just like, it might be useful. So-and-so so found it useful, but you know, others didn't, that's okay. You might still want to check it out. And I think that's totally okay to have that. Um, and, and I'm okay with spot having it. And I think migrating it over to um, JavaScript, I think is, is awesome. Yeah, I think that uh, that's kind of like having that separation, having it be a part of Slack. Um, it never occurred to me to that it should have the answers provided. It was always just seen as an additional resource, uh, but kind of invaluable for me, like getting ready for the 109 interview or the deprecated, which is now 119 um, interview. Uh, there's like 60 problems that are taken straight from Code Wars. And those were so helpful when I felt like it would just be nice to have additional pro problems to iterate over just find my weak spots we, we don't know where they came from because a lot of things have copyright so what we don't oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> so this is another reason why we're like hey students contribute it it's not part of launch school you know it's it's not um you know we have to respect copyright you know so we don't know where they came from um, we can edit but... that out in post <laughs> but uh but yeah no i i i, I get your point though in, in terms of like these are the great exercises that help me. It may or may not help you, right? And it's like mm -hmm. FYI versus if Launch School says it, it's like, you should do this, right? Like you should do the exercise we put in front of you, the assignment, you shouldn't skip it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's seen as more of an option rather than a requirement. Yeah, I love that. I love, I, I love that for for the spot. Just don't turn it into a, uh, uh, and I know you, you're not going to, but just, just uh, I remember in college, all the fraternities had like old tests, old exams. That was like a perk. I'm like, mm, that's not what we're doing here, <laughs> right? We're not doing that here. That's, I feel like that's the the opposite of like a, a master based learning, right? Like you're here if you want to learn it, and so cheating through the assessments is like Doesn't you're help. just wasting your subscription fees, wasting all <laughs> yeah. our time. Yeah, 
you're wasting yeah, everybody's time. You're wasting everybody's time. You're wasting your own, but you're also wasting mine. So um, that's exactly right. Um, okay, cool. I think, I mean, anything else, anything else people should be aware of about the spot? Um, what would you like them to do? Check it out, join Slack. Definitely check it out. Join Slack. Um, so the Slack is just the dash spot. Um, so join that channel. Uh, every Thursday we have posts for all of the courses um, that we hold sessions for. And how you join Slack is this, by the way. So if you're listening, first of all, you have to um, register at launchschool.com for free. You don't have to pay. And then there's a little chat room link on the sidebar. So click on that and there's instructions. It's convoluted. We did over engineer it. That's okay. Uh, or programmers uh, follow instructions there and then and follow it precisely and then you'll get access to the slack once you're in slack download the desktop app is my recommendation so you build a slack habit and then you go into a channel called the dash spot is, is that right the dash spot yeah yep hashtag the dash spot but all channels start with a hashtag and in that channel are instructions for getting into gather town yes yeah so uh so we have that on a regular weekly post you'll have the okay. both the link to it and the password to get in um so uh so yeah definitely now that I check speak it out there. it's a little hard to get to <laughs> now that i've said all that i'm like yeah if you're kind of brand new and you're just like how do i get into this awesome community right you gotta yeah. <laughs> it's like a speakeasy you know you gotta go to the back of the bar <laughs> and back through the dark alleyway and oh. say the secret word and then yeah if <laughs> you're really having trouble just dm me I'll, I'll let you know how to get in dm is direct, direct message direct message and you have to be on slack to direct message. <laughs> and you have to be on slack so <laughs> best of luck best of luck log in to launch school totally free launchschool.com chat room on a sidebar follow instructions get into slack and that's where everybody is so yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much today, JD and Daniel. Um, I think we probably need to just like get this on our on our calendar to do it every couple of two years. Cause um mm -hmm. even though I feel like we've done a lot of advertising and mentions of the spot, uh it 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 pains me to hear both of you were like never heard of it until several months into this thing. So um I I, I wanna figure out a way to like get this out there more, even more than what I thought was uh what was what, what, what we're doing yeah yeah there's definitely some places that i'd like to see uh it progress in the future um but one of those areas is promoting it uh more frequently getting it on channels where it's going to be seen by new students yeah okay cool all right have a good day thanks for stopping by all right thanks so much cheers guys